Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of One Vision. We are going to change things up a little bit, and Arun is back here to join us to talk about one of the hottest topic of late, as well as his latest venture, the Bullyverse. Hello, Arun. Welcome back to the show. Your show. <laughs> so let, let's let's talk a little bit. This is going to be the second episode that we have that touches a little bit on the metaverse in the virtual world and all of that around it. Now, there are some interesting reports of late that talks about the market for metaverse what it means for banking and money in general and the internet and all of that sort. So let's start with the easy one. The total addressable market for the metaverse, according to some of the recent figures I've read, could be between eight to $13 trillion by 2030. And they're estimating the total number of users around 5 billion. That's a large number. First of all, let's start with the basics. Help me out a little bit, friend. What is a metaverse in the simplest layman terms? Because um, I know you can go really, really philosophical on that. And what is Bulliverse, which is your latest venture? Sure. First of all, thanks for having me on the show again, uh, Theo. Uh, your show, yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, it's been a fascinating journey getting getting to Bulliverse. Uh, I, I didn't quite expect it to happen, to be honest with you. Um, I I... I've known the Bullivers founders for a few years, actually, um, and uh, I was even um, advising them on their previous startup called Cognito Chain, which was a microfinance, uh, uh, a microfinance on blockchain um, for uh, poor women uh, borrowers in India. So that was the theme there. But of course, COVID killed microfinance in India, so they had to pivot, and. Uh, that's how those guys got into because they've been Web3 native for a few years now and they basically were looking for a pivot uh, or rather the next project that they wanted to do. And that kind of coincided with the BAYC minting. They were part of the, the initial mint of BAYC. I think uh, Srini had, had uh, three apes at one point. Um, I don't know how much he asked today. I've not asked him. Um, but he felt... Um, that phase, and he's we we all feel that today uh, within believers. That phase of um, a, a PFP or a, 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 or a, a image actually selling for several hundred eats, I think it's it's starting to fade a little bit. Uh, the next phase of um, NFTs, which we call the utility NFTs, is is what is emerging. And even before Facebook announced uh, they were going to go into this meta mode, um, we had a Bullivers had their our first tweet saying we are building the next, I mean the first open metaverse, right? So the vision was clear from day one. Our vision was to basically create this metaverse with NFTs at the backbone as the backbone. Um, I actually. Uh, in fact, I came to know about this project from Srini in, uh, I think, September or October last year, just after the NFT mint happened. Um, and uh, initially, he wanted some advice on fundraising. He wanted to kind of build. He, he had, they had raised $2 million from the NFT launch, and they wanted to build a team from four members. They were already 
hitting two digits uh the team size so we uh so i initially advised them very briefly on how to go about fundraising or what aspects and all that but they were very very strong product guys but not very salesy so they needed someone who could be salesy i think that's why they, they got me in so um yeah I, I helped them through the fundraise process often when you get involved with the team high quality team um it, it tends to suck you in um and that's really how this all happened and uh, we did the we did the uh, fundraise we closed it in feb um, it was very successful particularly one of the uh, you know, pre-TG uh, uh, rounds. We we actually we have we launched the token, uh, pre-launched the token. We call it the IDO in the in the in the crypto world, um, and that actually happened in record time and on several platforms. So one platform which which recorded five seconds to sell off a hundred a few hundred thousand dollars worth of bull tokens. So yeah, it was a really good start. We launched on uh, uh, launched our token on Huobi and uh, Qcoin in March um, and our first game, um, our, we premiered our first game called Bear Hunt uh, in Feb to very selective NFT holders. Uh, if you held more than 20 NFTs, you had, you had, you could get access to the game at that point. As of yesterday, every NFT holder can start playing the game. Um, so there's a huge pipeline of work that's uh, that we are looking at for Q Q2, Q3 and Q4 this year. Uh, particularly the next two quarters is a lot more clear in terms of the roadmap. Uh, so can't uh, can't wait to talk about all that. So yeah. I I had to laugh when you were talking about the sales part. Um, you're not giving yourself enough credit, I would say, apart from sales, you are a good storyteller, right? That's what you've always been, is to tell a story. So that's why I want to ask you, if we're going to tell a story of the metaverse, a lot of what has been touched on is around gaming, right? Around virtual reality. But how can we relate that to the real world because if we're looking at you know valuation we're looking at all of the energy around this the last year or so it has to be more than gaming right so what are some of the use cases that people are looking at what can we actually get excited beyond gaming because when my kids look at it they thought oh yeah this is an adult version of roblox um but there's more to it is there absolutely i mean uh we are looking at uh, metaverse and gaming today like we looked at internet and defense 40 years ago like right that's where it all started um arpanet and tcpip and all that so um from a i'll touch upon this question on the utility but also i'll touch upon the valuation that uh, uh, the numbers like 13 trillion that people are throwing out there right when tcpip came out whenever it, it came out uh, 30 40 years ago if people had thrown a valuation against it uh it would have been wild uh today it's like it's fundamental to every single this this call is happening on tcpip right everything runs on that in 20 years time we are not going to be talking about ethereum and solanas right they are the protocol layers of the next communication and value exchange layers the the the, the real amazing aspect is tcip tcpip you couldn't monetize you couldn't have a price tag against this TCPIP. Whereas with the new protocol layers, 
you're able to put a price tag and exchange the value across uh, wallets saying you hold a ETH, I hold a SOL, uh, this is how much my my the, the valuation is of, of those things. So that is the amazing aspect of this, this uh, phenomenon that we are living through. Um, so in terms of the $30 trillion metaverse uh, valuation, um, I think, uh, again, I, this is another example I would like to give. 25 years back, if there was a business out there, we, we had a face-to-face -face meeting with them and we asked them, what's your website? Can I have your website details? They're going to kind of look at you as if, uh, I don't know, I mean, what the hell are you talking about, right? So it's the same feeling we have today. Are you on Metaverse? I mean, five, six months back when Sweeney said that we bought a virtual land for Bolivar's headquarters, I was like, why would you spend money on that as a startup, right? But it, it makes sense today because I've now lived through this metaverse um, and, and, and understood a little, understood it in, in, in greater, greater uh, detail. I think it makes a lot of sense. So in terms of utility, coming to the utility point, gaming is a huge, um, huge, and that's where a huge aspect, and that's where you're gonna get a lot of population, the initial traction from. You've got to have something to kind of get the get the thing going, right? The initial backers. I think that's the gaming audience for you. But I think uh, metaverses are not just going to be for gamers. It's going to be for experiences. For instance, um, with the Fortnite, I think uh, Travis Scott had a, um, a concert. Um, uh, in uh, sometime in twenty early twenty twenty, it, it it had like. 25 million uh, people attended or something like that. Some really crazy numbers on on Fortnite. So it's it's not a new new concept, but events are going to be big on um, on metaverses. People are going to be coming to metaverses for events, art galleries, uh, e-commerce. Right. So I can give you a little example. Right. Um, let's say you're walking into a into a metaverse. You see a, a I mean, let's say you're walking into Bullyverse Metaverse when once it's launched, of course. Um, uh, and and hypothetically, we've partnered with our favorite one of our favorite NFT communities is uh, uh, the Lazy Lions. Uh, we all hold Lazy Lions actually alongside Bulls in our wallets. And uh, let's say we have a merch store, uh, merchandise store of Lazy Lions. And uh, you 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 look around, you like a hoodie, you buy a hoodie online, and uh, you also like an NFT. Uh, that they are, uh, they've got there. Uh, you buy a lazy line NFT, and then suddenly you look around. There is a game that can host a, or or that that the the lazy line can play. You just click on a button. It turns it into a 3D avatar. You just jump into a game portal and then start playing the game. Right. So it's an integrated experience. And I've just used a lazy line shop. It could be an Adidas showroom. You just buy an Adidas shoe online, and uh, which also means that as soon as you press buy. They may they may ship a actual shoe to your uh, to your home, but also a digital or metaverse shoe, uh, which goes on your into your wallet, and you use that for your game. So these are the kind of experiences you can have the same experience with um, classroom experiences. And uh, I I had this conversation with uh, Shini again three four months ago in December particularly. I was at his place. We were discussing some strategy for the fundraising and all that. And I basically said, as soon as this COVID thing goes away or, or, or becomes history, 
we've got to get some proper offices in central london and and and, and in bangalore particularly the two regions where we have a lot of people working with us for us um and uh, we should start showing up at least three days a week because that helps in the early stages of a business where you have that face-to-face -face interaction ideation is so important whiteboard sessions are important and uh, he basically said let's just do it let's just get oculus just uh, do everything on um, on the met in the metaverse so we we don't have to have four offices we can have one office in the metaverse where we all have our own desks we can talk to each other through oculus and have that kind of a working experience as if you're you're sitting right next to me right so that was his response and i don't i don't think those experiences are there yet because uh, some of the variables are ridiculous I'm 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 wearing an AirPod uh, to to have this conversation with you. It's super sleek, but imagine a half a kilo variable on 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 your head for the whole day. It's like it's just going to hurt. So that bit has to improve to to achieve all these experiences. But there are genuine use cases that are going to come, and they're coming very very fast. That was an interesting bit that you were just talking about the work experience because a lot of a lot of times, especially the last few months, we talk a lot about future of work, about you know banks. A lot of the Wall Street um, banks actually are starting to ask people to come back. There was one particular one, I would not name names. They are asking people to come back five days a week, precisely because of what you were just talking about, the, the experience of being together, of whiteboarding, of learning from each other, especially for the younger generation, right, who are just starting out. They don't have the network or the, the spaces cramped at home is not suited for remote work. Um, I didn't think about using the metaverse as the future of work that is important, but your bit about the hardware needs to improve. That is very, very true. I recently read something about Fashion Week being done on Metaverse, and it was it was some of the similar thing as you know the the hardware and and the full experience is not there yet. Not that it won't evolve, but that I do certainly see a trend going on in there. I still struggle a little bit though. I'm trying to understand. Um, Citibank recently released a report called Metaverse and Money. Um, I get the whole experience part and, and I get the, the you know, this is the, the future where we can all gather together and do things and make things work, regardless of where you are. But there's something in there that they put in the very beginning of the report that I, I, I literally stared at it for an hour. I'm trying to decipher and think about what it means. In there, they said, the open metaverse would be community owned, community governed, and a freely interrupt version that ensures privacy by design. That is a long statement with a lot of premises and a lot of, I almost feel like a utopian future because thinking back, right, to the internet, to when it started back, um, I still remember I was in college, I had my portable laptop you remember the the modem you had to dial and you hear the the ring you know and um and then you get connected it was super slow but you feel the excitement of yeah you know i can actually talk to people connect to people this wonderful email 
and all of that. And fast forward 30 years later, I look at where we are right now. So I want to ask you with regards to that version of the future that people are thinking about and how this is going to be more distributed and, but is it distributing the power or is it going back to the same people that have access to it, the privileged feel? And what do you think? So it's a it's a complex question. I'll try to keep give it as simple as I mean I'll try to answer it in a in a, as simple as possible way. Um, see the open metaverse. I had a long discussion about this with Sanjeev yesterday, um, and he was asking the same question, right? Open banking is is it is it as farcical as that? <laughs> but um, anyway, so in terms of open metaverse, right? It is it is not just uh, privacy thing i think it is um and it is not just an experiential uh, ex experiential aspect it's not just for the experience of the of the user but for the metaverse model to scale it's got to be an open metaverse uh i i don't believe a metaverse that's closed can really kind of scale um it's it's almost like um Okay, let me let me give an example uh, from a commercial standpoint. Um, if you're if you're an, if you're a metaverse um, which only allows uh, a certain NFT community to come um, and and have that experience, or certain set of population to come and have that experience, um, it's very hard to attract a lot of people on board. One, two, some of the very fundamental aspects of the metaverse Web three audiences. They are native Web3, which means they are they have a lot of belief in the NFT aspects, which means they think NFTs are them and they are the NFTs. Without the identity, they feel lost. I know so many people who've gone into, had a very traumatic experience just selling their NFTs due to financial stress. Seriously. It's, I, I, I mean, you, uh, NFT Twitter is super weird in that way because I know so many people who I mean this morning I read a read a tweet and I'm digressing here, which basically says I'm I'm thinking of divorcing my wife because she's giving me a lot of crap about me being a hardcore NFT person, right? So that's how how much NFT is taking over people's identities, right? Um, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but that's how important NFTs are for the future of this this uh, space. So if I have an if I, if I have a bunch of NFTs um, across different NFT communities and identify I have some kind of a, um, a identity linked to it, I'm going to use that to go into a metaverse, and I and and that is going to be me. If I if I don't have a very open metaverse that allows other NFT communities to comment, then it's 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 not going to scale. You're going to have like what 10k nfts in one community so your metaverse is only going to have 10k people using it so you've got to be open and that is that is one aspect the second aspect is metaverse is going to have a lot of digital value on it so if you are if you are buying something on the metaverse um, and and so on one of the key differentiators between um, uh, roblox um, and and what we have in the web3 equivalent is that you are able to translate the your value that you've created on the game in the in-game experience to real-world money in the Web3 space seamlessly. And that should be a possible across metaverses. 
if someone comes on board and plays a game on um, on the Bolivar's metaverse and gets a bunch of tokens, they should be able to use that on Axie or Sandbox or whatever. That interfacing and the interoperability is a must-have. Multi-metaverse or multiverse rather is the future, and that openness and uh, interoperability is 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 what is is fundamental for this model to scale. So I think. Uh, uh, from that perspective, it is true. The second thing you asked was about privacy and and are we going to see another Facebook like or 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 probably uh, yeah, what the web two giants did, right? Are we going to see that kind of experience? Um, I'm not saying it's not going to happen because I don't know what I don't have a uh, uh, I, I, I I cannot predict the future, but I, I I wish I could I could say I had a crystal ball to predict it in many ways. but I really think. Uh, the Web3 model fundamentally is going to kill those kind of players because let's say the, I'll just take a NFT as an example, uh, as an example, right? We sold 10,000 NFTs in August. If you come to a Discord group and I'm doing a little bit of marketing for Bullivers here and our own community, but it's super true. People have bulls that they identify themselves with. And the quality of conversations on the Discord group, the care that they show towards the product, the amount of genuine feedback we get is amazing. And in the Web2 community, when, when uh, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg was building his uh, Facebook, he would have struggled to get the first 10,000 users. We had absolutely no problem getting the first 10,000 US, users. And they are highly sticky users because We've got NFTs to keep them sticky to the platform. So these guys are running the show as much as we are. The, the product that we launched yesterday on March 31st, it went through so many iterations, so many inputs from Jan until March, where we kind of iterated with the community, gave them the access, early access, got feedback, and, and launched it to the rest of the community. And over a period of time, as they hold more and more bull tokens, they're going to be part of the voting process. They will have a say in the organization, which is why the decentralized organization is going to create less and less of centralized decision making. And some of the aspects that we've seen in Web2, like um, if, if, if you're, uh, I mean, you are the product kind of model uh, is, is probably not going to be able, you're not going to be able to sustain and scale those models in Web3. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's going to be a lot more Web3 friendly. Those models are going to be there, but they'll be a lot more Web3 friendly. So it will be up to you whether you want to uh, stick around with those models or not. You are the forever techno optimist. I think that's what I'm going to call you from now on. Um, so. Let's talk about what it means in banking, right? JP Morgan recently opened a bank branch, or there's news of them opening a bank branch in Decentraline. Now, given your view of what you were just talking about, tokens and NFTs and how people relate to it as literally a form of their identity, and the interrupt between being able to bring the token, translate that to real money, what do you think that what means when we talk about having a bank branch in the metaverse, what role would they play? 
um, aside from, you know, having a certain person's digital portrait in there, um, what does money even mean in that sense? Yeah, that, that's, that's the real question, actually, right? That is getting de redefined here. And JP Morgan putting themselves on a metaverse doesn't mean anything. It's just a PR stunt, in my opinion, right? Um, and frankly, um, when, when JP Morgan does that, and if they have a utility for what they're doing, to a bunch of their, at least a sub-segment of their customers, um, then it makes sense. For instance, they could have easily said, I'm going to put a bunch of relationship managers for my wealth audience um, on the metaverse and provide them hand-holding. And these are the ways I'm going to be able to achieve. These are the things I'm going to be able to achieve in terms of cost-cutting, but also better experience and all that. But the problem with that is the age group for wealth, the, 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 the demographics for the wealth customers they don't know what metaverse is. They don't really care about metaverse. They can't really deal with metaverse. So you're really looking at a kind of a degen population for an experience uh, within the metaverse, but they don't believe in banks anymore. So for them, the real banks are their wallets and uh, they don't even believe in centralized exchanges. Uh, so it's it's uh, it, it's uh, there, there's a lot of mismatch in, in when when a bank goes on a metaverse, it's just a PR stand to me uh, until they actually pivot around and uh, start thinking about how they will have a serious and sincere play within the Web3 space. And the Web3 community guys are very very smart. And when I say guys, I mean both men and women. But um, the Web3 folks are really smart. They see through all this shit honestly. Sorry about my French, but um, they see through this and uh, they, they, they're not going to, JP Morgan is not going to kind of get any audience out of this. Uh, yeah, they'll get a few press headlines and all that, but uh, not, not the Web3 community, not the native Web3 community. I agree with you and you hit it right in the head. It's a PR thing. Um, they did get a lot of PR though, so there's that. <laughs> but from a regulatory perspective, though, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Um, I and and this is not a myth, right? From from a regulation perspective, it's always behind from where we are with tech. Um, we saw it with fintech, we saw it with open banking, we see it with you know all kinds of payment schemes, buy now, pay later, and what have you. What do you think is going to happen with this one? I think there's got to be a lot of regulation uh, and I'm really hoping that there would be some level of uh, technology solutions created for regulations here. I don't see regulations coming through in the, in the traditional uh, centralized regulatory uh, way. Um, I mean, there are lots of inefficiencies, right? So you, you're seeing uh, discard scams in the last few days. We've seen several discard scams. Um, we're seeing DeFi scams. Um, and it's just it's just so ridiculous how how easily uh, a smart contract can be kind of tweaked a little bit to scam people, um, and and this is despite them going through smart contract audits, right? So any these days any kind of credible uh, DeFi player has to go through this smart contract audit, and it it's got to kind of be publicized before they even launch their token or whatever. And this is a process that we went through for the listing on, on Qcoin and Huobi. It's a part of their check. Uh, and despite that, 
it's very hard for the smart contract uh, auditors to pick any of these anomalies because um, the tech folks get cleverer and cleverer and uh, it's very easy for a piece of code to just stay somewhere in the whole thousands and thousands of lines of code to kind of uh, uh, take take away people's money. So DeFi, I'm really scared about DeFi. Uh, I mean, as much as I would love to say this is a, this is, DeFi is a blessing in the right people's hand. But I personally see, I, I don't use DeFi. I'm, I'm really frankly scared of DeFi at this point. Um, so there needs to be some some way of regulating it, but I think it should be driven by tech, not by the traditional, um, the FCAs and the MAS and the um, uh, and and ACCs of the of the world, uh, because I don't think they understand the space well enough. I don't think they're fast enough for the space anymore. I think there's got to be some way of decentralized uh, code bunch of code writers who just all they would do is create fast enough code to to just have checks across smart contracts and when smart contracts have to roll out into their main net, they have to go through this check and get a thumbs up and and then this decentralized um, audience will have some kind of staking mechanism so that they stay responsible for this um, to provide high levels of services uh, to the to the industry so the ways to solve this from a regulatory standpoint but that still has to be driven by a decentralized uh, form of technologists rather than bankers. That is going to be interesting because I'm not quite sure exactly how that's going to happen, um, given where the powers to be are often at. What do you think beyond this are some important things that we need to be on the lookout for for the next two, three years? The 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 scam part, I definitely agree with you. It's is really, really scary if you look at a lot of the schemes that's been going on. Um, and we touched a little bit upon regulatory. So what else do you think is gonna happen next two, three years? I know I'm asking you for a um crystal ball. Yeah, the crystal ball is what I would love to look at because that would help me with my strategy at um Bullivers. Uh, but I, I can tell you based on what we are seeing and hearing and talking to pe people about, there are a few um, uh, unsustainable models around um, in the metaverse gaming space. I think you're going to see a lot more cracks there and you're going to see new models emerge. Uh, we have our own hypothesis and I'm not by, I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination that we've got the right model and it's proven it's better than Axie, it's better than Sandbox. No, um, Sandbox, Axie, uh, Decentraland, they're all uh, pioneers in the space. They've opened up people's eyes to us, to something that we, we we were blind to. So whatever the next gen, like Bullivers, we are building, Let we're basically standing on their shoulders. So we've got to be doing, we've, we've got to be taller, and we've, we've got to be able to see the future better than they have been able to do. So um, uh, I, 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 I think there's got to be some models that are going to be proven right. And I think us, I hope us is one of the the, the business models that uh, that it's going hopefully uh, one of the few models that will be proven right. Um, NFT utility is going to be big. So we've seen the BTC um, BTC era of NFTs with BAYC and uh, and uh, CryptoPunks. Um, I think the L1 era of NFTs is just getting getting started. Like the Eats and the Souls are emerging. You're going to see a lot of metaverse platforms doing different things some just doing pets 
some doing i don't know i mean it's just like so many different themes emerging it's so fascinating to see how creative people can get i think it's going to be a very uh, creator led world right if you're a creator particularly artistic creator i think you're going to have a ball for the next few years um and uh, i i mean i'm i'm i've been talking to some artists myself on twitter um and it's fascinating to see their uh, that their role that they're playing in the nft and uh, metaverse space i think we're going to see a lot of that um and 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 the, the it's 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 fascinating to see how technologists and artists come together um to kind of uh, move the space forward um on the regulation side i think there's going to be a lot of um what is the best way to put it not centralization but in some sense central centralization because um, uh governments are going to drive what bitcoin is going to look like uh, in some sense um some regulations uh, that are going to come in uh, potentially uh, i don't know the eu have been they've been kind to bitcoin recently um, and uh, and the uh, the unfortunate war that's happening has helped uh, crypto in some sense as well uh and and cryptos has helped uh, ukraine in some sense as well but uh, i think uh, uh, it, this is just going to prove this year and next year probably it's going to be prove, proven that cryptos is here for good um if if it's already if it's already not clear enough um i think uh, yeah so this, so much is going to happen in the space like uh, bitcoin getting the safe haven uh, tag um and you're going to see some of the l1s emerges the underlying protocol layers for the next network of value you're going to see metaverse models emerge new new wave of nfts emerge um defi being cleaned up a little bit would love to see that uh to see some credible players emerge whom you can trust and put your monies with so it's going to be fascinating and i don't see much of traditional banks doing anything here actually Okay, that you're waiting for that, right? For the mic drop moment uh, before we end is exactly what is the role of traditional banks in this new world of virtual world. Um, it is certainly fascinating to watch. I've been watching on the sidelines and trying to figure out exactly what it means to, you know, us normal souls um, in the real world and, and watching you do all kinds of cool things and in the virtual land so more to come um my friend more to come perhaps next time we meet we will actually be in virtual land instead of here because you know you wouldn't want to see people in real world do that anymore. actually we should oh do my that. god I, I make sure i will i'll put that on my roadmap by end of this year we go on bully versus metaverse okay i do have an account on bullyverse by the way i did create that um because i was poking around to see what it is that my friend is doing so Anyway, this has been fun chat. I am sure this is going to be one of more to come. Um, so for those of you who are listening in, um, do stay tuned because I think Aruna and I have a little bit of plans for later in the year. Um, but for now, thank you so much all for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week. <laughs>